This is the OHL in 60 podcast. I'm Reese Demaney along with Colin Ward, and we are not going to Italy. Sorry, Joy no Bay. We will not be joining you. What type of what type of person in the midst of what's going on in the world decides to like I know she's a millionaire and I know she's living out in California, living the life, having her eight dollar Starbucks in the morning, get the extra shot of espresso. Go shopping in the afternoon. Get I got my Gucci bag. I got my Louis Vuitton. I know that. I know she. I know this is that. Wardy's imagination of the average person <laughs> in California. <laughs> average person in California. They got Louis Vuitton. They have Gucci. They They're always the shopping on Rodeo. They palm trees. Always, always. Um, they don't know what George is, the Walmart brand. Is that George's Walmart brand, right? I think so. I think so, too. Yeah. That was random. I don't know why I thought about that, but I think well, so. Because yeah, Joe is. Fresh is the, the Joe Fresh loss. is the Loblaws. Yeah. yeah. But remember when Joe yeah. Fresh was, you know, popular? popular Ooh, I had a couple like Joe Fresh t shirts. Six months. My gym, my gym shirts back in the day were all uh, Joe Fresh. Oh. Had Joe on it because and it was a red. So anyone that knows me, big red fan because of the wings. Yeah. So red, it was just red. And it had Joe. I got to find that. <laughs> Put it on the Twitter. Oh my God. The gym shirt. This is, is the shirt. Squatting? I worked out, bro. I worked out. Ah! <laughs> um, I had the video on that one. Well That's done. going viral. <laughs> Bench pressing horizontally. Oh, God. Yeah. But... Man. Yeah, Joy Behar, what are we thinking about? Like, I get it. She has millions and the Gucci. I said all that. But, like, you got to have people writing your stuff. When you're that rich, you got stuff. You got people writing your stuff. So, how the heck do you, how the heck do you even think that's right? In the mix of what's going on in the world right now, all the messed up stuff, we're talking about can't go to Italy because of the pandemic and what's going on in Ukraine. Oh, I can't go to Italy. Uh, like, are you kidding me right now? That's a joke. <laughs> like, I saw that video on Instagram. And I know. Oh, this is going to be a field day. This is going to be a field day. And then all these people about the convoy. Oh, we're going to protest about the convoy. Well, not, obviously, it's the convoy. The, the protest in Ottawa. But like, you think what's going on in Ukraine is freedom? Like, give me a break. So, yeah. Push my buttons. The world's yeah, we're buttons. we're what we're approaching. I mean, we're probably past this by the time the show airs, but we're in between five hundred thousand and a million Ukrainians fleeing the country. We're talking, yeah. And I saw the stat on CP twenty four today. It's probably gone up a little bit, but like, there's already like four forty five hundred Russian troops that are dead already. Um, yeah, not not that I cheer for anyone to die, but yay. I, mean, I don't know. I don't know how to react to that. But, well, like, um, yeah, like, like I don't it's mean, yeah, and, it's all the man upstairs. It's the guy controlling it. Yeah, and you, and you feel like camping out in your truck and eating your tobacco yeah, and grits and packing a lip. Yeah, but, exactly. Like, yeah, like I just don't like how I want to complain about that. But like, there's other things in the world that are a lot bigger fish to fry and a lot bigger of a problem than that. So. Yeah. I hope people get their facts straight, like, and realize what's important to the world because it's a big deal what's going on. That's unfortunate. Well, TikTok's the new media outlet. Didn't you know that? Okay, 
I didn't know. I didn't even know how to spell TikTok about until like two weeks ago. Like, I honestly, I haven't. Been, I I just got introduced to TikTok like last week. I think it was. I had no idea what TikTok is. Like, I didn't even know I how wish. to spell it. I hey, wish I a, didn't know what it was. Hey, that's the quote. Other than when I photo bombed a couple of years ago in Niagara by accident. <laughs> You see me talking oh shit. yeah 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 yeah. jordan doing the tiktok oh it's okay guys you can talk there's no sound we're like what video has no sound Man, that's my trying boy. to explain tiktok to us oh, and we're like um for those it went way yeah. over our heads oh for the tiktok's insane tiktok's life like it's like mind-blowing man like i'm a life-changing eh like i i'm not on tiktok i didn't know what tiktok was until last week I, like i said didn't even really know how to spell it so but I'm a blonde, so when I got introduced to TikTok, like, how can you take videos and then crop sound in and out? But, like, it's wild. Like, how can you, like, do, like, face, like, change, like, your face, like, freeze your face and stuff? Like, I saw a video of, like... Here, Wardy, I'll, I'll teach you more about TikTok. And um, yeah, what, I'm, I'm really, really saddened that I know this. Um, those are called filters. Okay, filters. Okay. Yeah. yeah, like what you see on like Snapchat and like Instagram, right? Yeah. Like, a lot of yeah. Instagram posts are filtered. Oh, God. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely, yeah. they like, are. Someone's in the rain taking a picture and all of a sudden it's not raining in the next. Like, okay, that's filthy. Yeah. Pretty yeah. Much. yeah. It's unfortunate. It's it. Yes, it is. But like TikTok, mind blowing. What a start to the show. I know. We're right? buzzing. We're buzzing right now. Man, man. Do you see though? <laughs> Brantford Red Sox now have TikTok. Yes, I saw that. Reach, we are not making TikToks. <laughs> <laughs> That's not in the contract. That's not in the contract. That's not in the agreement. I don't think oh, we're making pre-game TikToks. You imagine OHL and sixty TikTok accounts. We'll do yeah, pre-game yeah. previews. Oh, on TikTok. Okay, get like the sounds going. Like, yeah, get like. The way, like you know, you imagine it's like, do you like for, do you like for the OHL? We'll do, we'll have like waves and stuff in the background. Like we're sitting in an arena, it's February out, snowing and blowing. We got like beaches and stuff in the background. That'd be cool. You That's the tell. dream. Oh yeah, you can. Yeah. The listeners can clearly tell right now. I know nothing about TikTok. <laughs> what I'm I was gonna say what you're describing sounds like someone going on a Zoom call or something, and they're changing their background. That's sweet on Zoom. I gotta do these one. Of, I gotta do that one of these times. Change the background. <laughs> I got the wings on one side. I got the Jays on the other. So, yeah, one wow. side I approve of. Yeah. Hey, the Detroit Lions have better odds to win their division than the Detroit Tigers have to do the Central. What do you think of that? <laughs> that baffles me. <laughs> That's yeah. Next shot. Not, okay, let's not that I'm not that I think the Tigers are winning the Central as we talk about baseball on the OHL and sixty podcast. Um, the Lions are not winning their division. They it not should be it should be like a zero percent chance for each. So I'm just yeah, putting that zero. out there. By the way, I have no faith we're playing baseball anyways. So yeah, we got playoffs. Yeah, exactly. The Intercounty Baseball League. Anyone out there? There's going to be no Major League Baseball. Sport Ontario. We got Sport. Sport Canadian baseball. Yeah. All right. Uh, to the topic at hand, 
the Ontario Hockey League. We should probably talk about that now. Um, kind of rundown of how this show is going to go. The March 1st edition of the hey, show. Hey, we're in March. Happy March. Man, you know what that means, though? The beginning of March means OHL playoff season right around the corner. Oh, I can't wait. You start yeah, to get into that not. green part of the calendar. You know, St. Patrick's Day is coming up in a couple of weeks. And it's getting it's getting to good times. Getting to good times here in Ontario. Um, yeah, we will get to our featured game to kick things off in just a second here. Knights and Greyhounds doing it for the second time in 24 hours. Uh, so we'll start off with that. Of course, go over the thoughts on the weekend. Wardy made it down to Hamilton a couple of times. I watched everything game. on TV. Because it was a relaxed weekend for me. So oh, yeah. I enjoyed that very much. Uh, as we hit March 1st, when the show debuts, uh, we will chat on who we think is the team to beat. We've kind of done that every month, giving yeah. our thoughts on who the new front runner is for the Ontario Hockey League Championship. So we'll get to that. Uh, more suspensions have taken place, unfortunately. Not too many, though. Just a couple. Uh, over, yeah. under, on goals. Uh, we'll get to the players yeah. of the week as well. Um, there's a few games coming up this weekend that we're going to talk about that can lead to, well, change in the leader in the division. Of course, a bunch of teams grouped up near the top of the Eastern Conference, so we'll touch on that. And, of course, we'll get to the featured game. Uh, coming up at the end of the show. But first off, featured game last week, London Knights, Sioux Greyhounds, like I mentioned, second time uh, in 24 hours, they faced each other. One night before that on the Friday, it was a 6-3 to three Sioux Greyhounds win over the London Knights. Brett Brochu not making it through uh, the full game in that one, unfortunately, but he did on Saturday. In a very big way. The Knights take it 3-0 on the road. Splitting that. Road series. I was about to say yeah. home and road. But it was a road and road trip. And road trip. Yeah. Two game road and trip up series. to the suit. And well. This was a solid show guest night. Uh, we'll start with the scoring summary. Then we'll get into their, our thoughts on the game. Uh, scoring summary is going to sound pretty good. Uh, 10-29 into period number one. Luke Evangelista, goal number 39 on the season. Kirill Steklov getting the lone assist on that one. That would be the only goal scored in the first. Heading to the second, the only goal scored in the middle frame. Shocking, he does it again. Luke Evangelista, goal number 40. Cody Morgan, Ethan McKinnon getting the assists on the insurance marker. And then it was Evangelista at the 1806 mark of the third period, his 41st of the year, third of the night. Antonio Strangis, Cody Morgan getting the two assists. And we will start with Luke Evangelista calling. I mean, <laughs> what do we start I, with? Man, yeah, I look at that second goal and I think, how the hell did he sneak that past Tucker Tynan? Like, Tynan there was room, but. Not a lot of guys are going to find that hole. And Luke Evangelista is one of the guys that's going to because he is just on fire and he's having one of the best years uh, we've seen in a, in a while. 
when you got 41 goals in 41 games, I mean, you, that's why that, that's how you score those goals. You just score every game. You're just used to go, scoring goals. I mean, it must be nice. I eh? show up to the rank. Yeah, yeah right. I got a goal a game right now, so I'm probably going to score at least a goal. Uh, yeah, it's just a fun day at the rank. Like, no, but like, seriously, like, he's feeling it this year. He's the MVP, in my opinion. If he scores a goal a game, and I know, and I know we're going to touch on this when we do the over unders for goals, because I know that's going to be a question for Luke Evangelista. Will he yeah. score the? Will he score the sixty eight goals? We'll see. I, I like. Obviously, we're not touching on it yet, but if he does, he's got to be the MVP. Mm-hmm. That's historic. Like, sure. How many times does that yeah, even happen? 68 you know? goals like, in 68 games. Like, that's unheard of. Yeah. Like, Connor McDavid was in our league. Like, there's a lot of good players that played in the Ontario Hockey League. Like, that's tough. That is tough. Like, it's that's hard to do. That's elite status. And I remember, remember when they remember the draft, when he was in his draft, remember, like, you saw like the insiders and stuff like talking about the draft and like no one's talking about Luke Evangelista and like we saw him throughout the year and like he's playing with Foodie and McMichael and he's pretty good and now it's like yeah you got 41 and 41 now yeah you should have been a first round pick so that's why I've been pushing here lately about scouts doing homework not scouts I guess like quote-unquote scouts I guess you know what I mean I get they gotta do homework on these guys actually watch video because I can tell you right now, that's not a second round pick. I mean, how, like, how the heck is he not? I mean, there's a couple guys in the league that should have been picked that are not. I mean, the guy that had a shutout in that game should have been drafted last season, but wasn't. But wow. I mean, MVP, if he keeps that up, good for him. Really good player, really good work ethic, good leader, good leader. Luke Evangelista is. But yeah, congrats to him. It was a wild game, that's for sure. And he's the only, the only the one, nobody else on that ice scores that goal. That yeah, he scored the I second agree. goal. Nobody, no one else in the game scores that goal. Like I was thinking about that. I don't think anybody does. Like Straw just skilled on London. McGurn skilled on London. But like Evangelista is so good, where he's the only person that scores that goal. And that's wild. And you see him do the Forsberg too, right? Like where he comes in. And does the Forsberg move? He's done it twice this year. Like mm-hmm. he's done it twice, and like no one talks about him. Hey, and this isn't a shot at anyone because they're very good hockey players in Connor Bedard and Shane Wright. But where's a Luke Evangelista video going around of that second goal, other than on the Knights social media accounts? Why is that video not going around TSN and Sportsnet? If we can say Sportsnet anymore, but how's that video not going around on social media? I mean, Bedard scored a really nice goal. Obviously, that's probably the best goal. Man, in the that CHL. wasn't even fair. Oh that's my the best God. goal in the CHL this year by far. But Evangelista, that goal is probably top 10 for difficulty. That's a tough goal to score when you're going on, on your backhand. That's a tough goal. Sidney Crosby scored that goal in the NHL a few years ago, and it was all over the place. Yeah. And I mean, obviously, NHL, they're going to get this uh, the following. But I just think, like, TSN, I mean, Bedard's goal is the best goal. The C, like the CHL is solid share. I'm not comparing oh, that yeah. anywhere. Not close, even close. I mean, yeah, that's the nicest goal in the league this year by far. But Evangelista should be on there. I mean, it should have been going around because that's a heck of a goal. That's such a hard goal to score, and that's a skill. Yeah. Yeah, I know. He's – yeah, like like we said, sometimes you look at him and it's not even fair, and 
Did we expect yeah. 41 and 41? Absolutely not. Do we expect 68 and 68? Uh, yeah, at this pace right now, yeah, absolutely. Well, Will he your, get how there? How many of those were empty nets? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, take them the way you can get them. Vlad Domestikov exactly. is hey, living off well. empty netters right now in Detroit. Very so, um, yeah, we're not saying he's going to for sure get to 68 and 68. Does he have a really good shot? Yeah, he does. So yeah. that, that, that's something to watch the rest of the year. We're going to keep our eyes on him. And I, I can just picture it now. I've, I don't know why I've watched so many Nashville Predators games in the last two weeks or so, but I'm just looking at the um, future of the Nashville Phil Predators and Philip Tomasino and Luke Evangelista <laughs> because oh, that's so exciting to show guys. Obviously, you don't have Tomasino playing top line minutes like we saw him playing in Niagara, and then of course that short time in in Oshawa. But you know, he he's still getting minutes out there. He's still getting put on the power play late in games. Are they one goal games? No. Are they three, four goal games? Yeah, they are. But he, he wanted to be in the NHL. His goal was to be in the NHL. That's what we talked about with him on the show. He wanted to be in the NHL as soon as possible, and he's there. And you see the development of Luke Evangelista here in London. Exactly. The pace he's on. Is he going to be in the NHL next well, year? We're not sure. He could be. But, you know, to go off that reason. Luke Evangelista, remember at the start of the year when he had a really good interview with Ryan Payette of the London Free Press, when, and he mentioned the goals. He has, he has massive goals for himself and his teammates, and he mentioned that he wanted to make a real junior team. Yeah, it fell short. Questionable, it fell short. There's a few guys in the Ontario hockey that should have made Team Canada, but at the end of the day, it really doesn't matter anymore. Yeah. Um, but it still would have been nice, but he wants to win the OHL. He wants to win an M cup. He wants to make the national predators. The goals he has are leadership goals and they're really good qualities. And it's similar because you mentioned Phil Tomasino, right? And you talked about that when he was on our show, he talked like he was flat out saying, I'm not coming back to Oshawa. And we're like, Whoa, are we going to have to edit that? <laughs> but yeah. like he basically flat out said that and it worked, but looking into Lisa is so similar in a way to where he expects himself. And I guess, I mean, that's the way it should be, right? You're a professional athlete. You will, that's your goal is be playing the best league possible, right? So for sure. But I, I respect that. I respect those goals. And the league of is so similar. You know, you know what would be cool? We need the national predators to sign or to draft Pano Femis, Gavin Bryant, Bo Jelzma, Brody Crane. We need one of those forwards on that line. We need an OHL and 60 show guest line in the NHL. You imagine? We'll have t-shirts. We'll print off t-shirts. You can do that at OHLand60.com. You imagine? Wardy's we'll got long-term goals coming. The line. The oh. line. That's all That's all it's going to say. But, yeah, realistically, that would be cool if the National Predators signed Sean McGarren. Get his line made up there. That would be really cool. Uh, on to the man in net, Brett Brochu. And yeah, the Knights needed a rebound game. 6-3 loss. Obviously, you don't like to lose, but I don't think the Knights were anywhere near pleased with any part of that effort in that game. But it was a good pull. You, you look at the look at the game, Brett Brochu getting pulled, giving up five, and then coming back, winning 3-0 just a night later. And that just, that just shows the fight he's got. And I tweeted it out. As much of a bounce-back game it was for the Knights, Brett Brochu needed to bounce back. And if he would have 
ended up losing that game. I'm not saying it would start a downtrend and he would fall off and the Knights would go through a little bit of a lull in their year. But I think to have a night where you get pulled, you give up five on 19, I believe it was, and then you come back and stop all 27. uh, Yeah, you're going to be energized uh, after that, especially against the Sioux Greyhounds, who are a top team who absolutely not dominated the Knights the night before, but had a way better effort than them. Yeah, and London desperately needed that win because I tell you, if they lose on Saturday, that's a massive. It already is a massive game tomorrow night in London against Guelph. Mm-hmm. That's a, it's already a massive game. So then you put that on if you lose. I mean, very big momentum coming out of that game, the second game, right? Because if you lose both games in sewer, London historically haven't really played well in sewer. In my opinion, I think it's because they used to always do that flint or play the Friday night game in London and then play Saturday night in Saginaw or Flint and then Sunday afternoon in Sioux. That's a tough trip. But that's what I think it is. But, yeah, big bounce back. I mean, when you if you want to be one of the top goaltenders in the Ontario Hockey League, you can't have two bad games in a row. you got to learn how to bounce back. And we do, I've been critical on him on the show lately, though Brett Brochu, I mean, with positioning and stuff. I thought there's been holes in this game. But it was nice to see him kind of – he's a lot more technical, right? Like, you see that Friday night, Friday night, you watch the game and you see them in video and it's like, okay, there's a lot of holes Saturday night, post to post feels in that well, right? Those are so important. You got to stay within yourself. Can't get too, can't get too aggressive, right? When he's, mm-hmm. when he's, when he's got the poise to his game, you can tell he's on, you're not going to score on it. Tonight. Well, well, and that's the big thing I noticed as well is yeah. You saw him come out, challenge shots, maybe get out of position once or twice, but he was, he was a lot calmer in that yeah. game than I thought Ooh, in quite a, not a while, but maybe a week or two where it just, it just seemed like mm-hmm. he was in position. He didn't try to be flashy. Just, Oh, it's going five hole. Okay. Go down, get back up, get ready for a rebound. Nothing, yeah, too, nothing too flashy. And that's what, that's what you needed in a game like that. You give up, yeah. like I said, you give up five and then you give up none. I think that says a lot, uh, especially with obviously his positioning, but yeah, in terms well, of the level of calmness that he had, just, it was, it was night and day from su- Friday to Saturday. And even on Saturday, right, in the future game, you're talking about – and it's credit to Sault Ste. Marie as well. But Sault Ste. Marie could have won that game easily. When you look at the shots, 27-24, I mean, territorial, they weren't outplayed at all. I mean, if you want to argue, you could say Sue actually outplayed the Knights. So Sue had 10 more face-off wins. Yeah, outshot them by three. Yeah. That's kind of a toss-up. Anything within five shots is kind of a toss-up, in my opinion, because the power plays, right? Yeah. The power play, Sue had one less power play than a lot of nights. So, yeah, both teams going over, nights over three, Greyhounds over two. Yeah. So, that that's massive. That is like, that's a massive game for Brett Rochu to keep them in the game. Um, I thought London's defense was a lot cleaner on mm-hmm. Saturday as well. I didn't think they were very clean in the breakout. A team like Sue, when you can't make a good first pass out of your own end, defensive end, you're going to get picked on. I mean, it's going to be a long, long night when you can't make a good pass because Sue just scores, right? And you see that. You see their ability to score. They have so many good players on that team up front. And there's, that could be a long night at the rink, which it happened. And Saturday, they really cleaned that up. So props to London for really cleaning up their breakout pass on the exits because it could have been a long night there as well because Sue didn't play a bad two games. So I thought Sue played pretty good. Mm-hmm. And uh, I want to credit them as well because I thought they played a good game. It was 3 nothing, but... Easily could have been four or three. 
I was going to say, we got to talk about Tucker Tynan in this one because, and again, he faced less shots. Uh, You know, what do you put, what did they have him at? I think it was 21 of 23. He stopped not counting that empty netter. So yeah. And I mean, I mean, it's, it's not him. Your team doesn't score. Don't look at the goalie. It's not his fault. You lost. And I thought Tynan was just as calm as Brochu was. I mean, it was it was a very good game in net for both sides. Oh, exactly! It was a really good goaltending matchup, and um, the second this was a close. Went, this was a close-ish game we needed, Morty. It was three nothing. I'm saying one nothing because technically the uh, empty net goals. I mean, they count on a stat sheet, but do yeah, the, it's like, like the shootout. It's empty net. It's empty net Whatever. goal. But the second goal is a goal on every single goaltender in the Ontario Hockey League. Every goal in Ontario Hockey League, that's a goal. The second, the highlight reel goal by Luke Evangelista, that's a goal on every single goaltender in the Ontario Hockey League. Yeah. For sure. For sure. And that's one. Maybe the, fir- the first one was a nice goal too, so I don't know if you want to take that away, but yeah, like it was close. It was close, and it was a really good goaltending game. Exciting to see a close one finally reach in the future. Uh, yeah, I was, I was going to say, that first goal by Evangelista – I just pulled it up now just to get a refresher. He obviously he gets the puck. He's out wide. It was a partial two-on-one. Ends up toe-dragging as the defender goes sliding down, and then it hits the Sioux defender and goes in. Yeah. It counts for Evangelista, yeah. right? So, yeah, yeah. Tynan, he was over. Do, right? But, again, it's a situation where it was a deflection, and Tynan clearly was expecting it to go to the Knights forward that was trailing on the far side. I was always told. So, as you know, I was a little bit of a rat. I was always told tips. Were you really calling Ward a rat? That doesn't sound right. <laughs> yeah. Anyone that went around my crease, I used to put my stick underneath the heel of their skate. So, when they'd fall back, they'd trip on me, and then I'd just dive, and I'd throw my arms back Oh, and my fall, God. Take the embellishment. You're gone. <laughs> Open up saying I was a diver. Who are you, Michael but... Bunting? <laughs> yeah, find me. Mo Cider yeah. for the Calder. Yeah. Um. But yeah, but yeah, like tips, you really can't count net front goals. Hey, Saturday, Saturday against Ottawa, the Hamilton game, every goal, every goal except the OT winner was from the point net front goal. You can't really see sneaks through tips, anything where you take your eyes away. I'd say that's on the defense. You got to get sticks out of the lanes. You got to get, you got to get the bodies out in front of your goalie. Especially with Tyne and not being a big guy, right? Both goalies yeah. in that game weren't really big. I mean, Brochu, 5'11. Tynan got to be close. Tynan's got to be oh, close yeah. to that. But yeah, like guys get in front of you there. You can't see the pucks, hits, and stuff. Those are tough. Those find a way through. It's hard to fault the goalie on those. And I don't like media members that, oh, goalie's got to have that. Goalie's got to have that. Well, that's an easy excuse, right? To blame the goalie. Yeah. yeah. But the only was, time it, I blame the goalie, sorry, Reese, the only time I blame the goalie is when they're out playing the puck like they're probably or behind the net. Don't play the puck. Yeah. Unless it unless it's like unless there's a lot of space, obviously, but like yeah. why you have to go out in the breakout and just play the puck as the other team's chipping in? I mean, yeah. guys coming in hundred miles an hour at you. It's kinda of, it doesn't really work in your favor unless you're gonna sell down the puck for your defenseman coming around the net, but yeah. Can't really drop a player in. <laughs> 
All right, three nothing Knights take it over the Greyhounds featured game this past Saturday up in Sault Ste. Marie. And by the way, shout out to the Greyhounds. Those jerseys were nice. Those throwback jerseys. Ooh, I thoroughly yes, enjoyed. Thank you enjoyed for that. Those, so. Yes, thank you for mentioning that. Yes, those jerseys were nice. Might be the nicest featured game jersey we've saw this year. Yeah, I agree. Uh, all right, thoughts on the weekend, Wardy? Before we hit the break, cool. Where do we start? Okay, Colby Barlow, Owen oh, side attack. He had a four-goal weekend this week. He's only three goals back from Bobby from Bobby Ryan from his team record of 22 by a 16-year-old. So a rookie, close to that rookie goal record for the Owen Sound attack. So Colby Barlow, three, three away from Bobby Ryan. Bobby Ryan lit it up in junior. Also, I want to quickly mention, I should did this first off the top, but thought, our thoughts are with Carson Christie. I mean, dangerous, dangerous hit Friday night against Erie at home. You don't like to see that. We saw it earlier with Dickinson and Sue and hit to the head mm-hmm. and wasn't a, wasn't a pleasant one. I know he's in the hospital. I, I think he's doing okay. So I don't really, don't quote me on that because I want to be a hundred percent sure about that situation, but sort like, that's too bad. It's tough to see, right? You don't like to see an injury and uh, thoughts are with him for sure. Dangerous hit. You don't like to see that at all. Um, also Logan Morrison, I know we'll touch on that one too. 13 points in four games this week. Reese, I mean, everyone's talking about Mason McTavish, rightly so, rightly so, but Logan Morrison needs his praise. He needs to get the praise that he deserves. I mean, he's so good. And Nathan Steos as well. Nathan Steos, and then he got a really cool video. And your TV Niagara did a really good job on Sunday with the video of Nathan Steyos showing his pivots to open up space for the outlet pass for his forwards in the breakout. And, I mean, he just shows – he's so shifty. And being in Hamilton at the game, you don't really see that down at ice level because you're so high up there, right? But mm-hmm. it's that was cool to see that video. I got to find that because it was cool to see the pivots. I mean, just a little stutter step, right? Open a guy up, open the lane up. Next thing you know, you got a two-on-one going the other way. Just stuff like that really intrigues me. And also um, the Guelph Blue Line, a massive Sunday. They had a massive win over Kitchener. Um, Michael Bushinger and Cam Allen, I mean, you know I love those two guys. But, wow, like, four, they had seven points in the game. Yeah, seven points combined for the, like, for the two. That's pretty impressive in my opinion. So I want to quickly shout those guys out. I know, uh, I know they're beast. I mean, future NHL guys, in my opinion, Cam Allen's going to be a star. He might be my favorite young defenseman in the league, other than Ty Nelson. But other than that, he's up there for sure. I mean, I love his game. I think he does. He makes a smart plays look easy, makes hard plays look easy. Everything looks easy to him. So, uh, yeah, Cam Allen, big weekend. Michael Bushinger, big weekend. And also Mac, Mac Donasso, goaltender for the Ottawa 67s. What are two games this weekend? I mean, you go into Hamilton, right? You get bombarded with shots. The shots are 40. 46, yeah, so he made 42, made 42 saves on 46 shots, recent a tough OT loss. Nathan Steos with the game winner there. Nice play by Mason McTavish to set up to set Nathan Steos up there. But then you get a massive 3-1 win where he made 36 saves against Mississauga on Sunday. Where talk about development. Is that another Cedric Conjay we're having? Because he comes in, he comes in to Ottawa, gets a chance, and next thing you know, he takes right off. Easter starter, I would say, as of now. I mean, you go to Hamilton, you make that many stops, right? 42 saves on 46 shots. 
that's a tough one, right? You make 40 mm-hmm. saves against Hamilton. That's a, that's not the best team. That, they're the best team in our league right now, in my opinion. And then you go into Mississauga, best team on paper at the time, and you beat them 3-1 in their home barn. So shout out, those are my thoughts on the weekend. I was very impressed with Max, with Max Donasso, the goaltender for the Ottawa 67. Sorry, I might cut that out, but mm-hmm. what a – what a weekend in the goaltending categories. What a weekend for the young defenseman. Logan Morrison gets the credit he deserves. Nathan Steos gets the credit he deserves. I mean, that guy there, Nathan Steos, if he if he gets to play last year, he's not in our league this year. He's in the AHL. I mean, he's that good where if he plays last year, he is not even in the Ontario Hockey League this year. He's that good. So, and you start to think about that because remember when the offseason they had Tag Bertuzzi there in Hamilton as well. They had a, they had a lot of ways. So it was like, what's the situation going to be, right? But maybe if they play, that's not a that's not a decision that had to be made if they play last year because he's in the AHL this year. He's not good. He reminds me of a Victor Met, a better Victor Mete. And Victor Mete was really really good in junior. He just didn't shoot the puck enough. Nathan Steele shoots the puck every chance he gets. But if you want to talk about clear outlets. In jumping up in the rush and skating to make your forwards, your breakout pass better. I don't think it gets better than Nathan Steos in our league right now. Yeah, well, and speaking of Nathan Steos, third period assist against Niagara on Sunday. Uh, he passed <laughs> Cade Landry to set the single season <laughs> scoring record for a defenseman in, uh, or for the Hamilton Bulldogs uh, with 52. Yeah, so, like 20 games like to left shout, to go. Shout that out there. Yeah, exactly. So you get to 70. Huh. Ooh, like, what a player, though. Yeah. What a well, player. Well, and that just leads into it. Hamilton, hottest team in the OHL right now. It's not even close. They're 9-1 and one in their last 10. They've won seven in a row. They are now tied for top spots in the Ontario Hockey League with Mississauga. Four games in hand on the Steelheads, uh, I should add, by the way. Um, they've scored 215 yeah. goals this season. Only team over 200 goals scored in the Eastern Conference, <laughs> and they are one of three in the entire OHL. Sault Ste. Marie and Flint have also scored more than 200 goals. But Hamilton, 215 over Flint's 213 for most in the Ontario Hockey League, and they're, they're just on a roll. Um, it doesn't get any better than that with McT- McTavish coming back. So it's just they're they're ready to go for the playoffs. They want to get in. They want to start winning series. So um it, they're definitely fun to watch also north bay battalion they're staying hot eight and two in their last 10 um, yeah but their weekend though that weekend though the friday um thursday sorry but the thursday friday they had a tough one in niagara and then a tough one in hamilton they bounced back though on sunday against sudbury yeah. but those were tough those were a tough two games losing in niagara like that then lose then basically not showing up they miss brandon co they need co back he's out with a concussion yeah, they're, they're 64 points. Again, the games in hand hurt them when Kingston's chasing yes. them down one point behind the battalion or the front next. So um, that's kind of tough situation for them. I mean, how, how can we not keep talking about the Flint Firebirds? <laughs> <laughs> they're, they've, got, they've got a pretty decent lead, right? I mean, four points over the London Knights for first, but um, they're, they're continuing to roll Ted Dent continues to do a phenomenal job. So 
Um, yeah, it's it, it was an exciting weekend. There were a lot of big games. There were a lot of games that we didn't expect to go the way they did. You mentioned Ottawa beating Mississauga on the road. Talk about Niagara beating North Bay. Like there were a few games where we're thinking, what the heck just happened? And yeah, we're here for for that all year. So um, here's our weekend or weekly observations, I guess you could say. Um, when we come back, though, we're gonna take a break. We are 35 minutes into the show. Uh, who's the team to beat in OHL as of right now? Uh, we'll touch on that. Of course, a couple more suspensions to announce. Then we'll get to the over-under in goals. Players of the week uh, must watch games coming up this week and the featured game um, for our show. So all of that is on the other side here on the OHL in 60 podcast. Welcome back to the OHL and 60 podcast. I'm Reese Maney along with Colin Ward. Make sure you follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at the OHL in 60 podcast. The link tree is up there. Uh, wherever you listen to your podcasts, we're probably there. Uh, of course, Apple, Google, Spotify, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, and of course the Bulldogs audio network. And our YouTube link is up there for any game previews we get to do. Um, and for more video content to come as we move into the playoffs and then uh, possibly the off season, who knows? We'll see what happens. Uh, but again, at the OHL and 60 podcast, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram quickly do this couple suspensions here before we get to who our team to beat is as of March 1st. So Hamilton's Jordan Donovan. He got two games. Uh, and he'll be back Thursday at home against Mississauga and, well, that's a nice game to be back for. I, I believe – so, he got in a fight. I don't know if it's for fighting after a scrum or, like, his fighting after – fighting after the five minutes have been over. That's just the next game. That's just five in a game. Yeah. So, he must have been – it must have been a fight after a scrum. If so, that's kind of – I don't like that one. Because that – That's how most fights yeah. start? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. How does the fight start? So yeah, exactly. After the uh, So yeah, Donovan, he'll be back Thursday at home against Mississauga. By the way, uh, I'll mention this at the end of the show um, because it's awesome. And finally, uh, Kulikov of the Erie Otters, he gets suspended indefinitely for that check to the head on Christie. So it's a yeah. little rough, but. Definitely a hefty one coming for sure. We've yeah. seen a few of those, unfortunately, but they've been yeah. warranted. Yeah, it's too bad for Christy. You feel sorry for him, right? Because all the injury problems he's had. So, yeah, it's unfortunate. Yeah. All right. Enough with the depressing news. Colin Ward, it is March 1st. Yeah, March 1st. Happy March. Yeah. February's um, done. We're bit. Oh, we're in spring training. Oh, wait. Never mind. We're not. Yeah, right? I know. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> Brutal. Um, who is your OHL team to be as of March 1st, 2022? So, we'll do, we'll do one in the East, one in the West. Or do you want to do one in general? That can be both. Yeah, we can yeah. do both. That's fine. So, the East, 
and I'll say and for the OHL, it's got to be Hamilton. I mean, I don't think anyone come close to it right now. Hamilton's just clicking on all cylinders. And Arbor Jack is such an underrated move, but so is Giordano Biondi. I mean, Biondi's such a good pickup for them. I mean, he gets in lanes, and I've been on that. I've been on that train for about a month now. Mm-hmm. But it's such a good move, right? To get a hockey trade. It's a typical Steve Steos trade to get better. And just a it's not a big upgrade. It's not like the quote unquote sexy upgrade, but it's a good upgrade. So um very good team. They're built so well. I mean, look at their second line now, right? You got Diaco, got Misak. I mean, this is just unreal. Yeah. So gotta say Hamilton in the Ontario Hockey League in general too. That's my East End OHL team to watch. Uh yeah, mine as well. And I it's no secret. It's that's hard. not yeah. that's not any bias towards the Bulldogs because we're on their network. It's Simply the fact that Mason McTavish is back from the Olympics. Um, The Bulldogs are actually healthy. Jay McKee can run all four lines and have absolutely no problem. He can put in two goaltenders who are very capable of getting victories. And while that bodes well for a championship team, uh, I would have to say, we've seen a lot of teams have good forwards, defense, and goalies. That's the definition of a championship team right there. And that's the Hamilton Bulldogs. Like that's, that's not even, again, like I said, that's not even biased. That's just stating a fact. Mississauga was that team. Like they've still got a great goaltending tandem, not taking anything away from them. Mississauga, they've still got great forwards, but right now Hamilton's hot and we're not in the last two weeks of the season, so there's still time. Mississauga, if they get hot going into the playoffs, watch out for them. But Hamilton is the complete team, and I think what completes it is all six of their defensemen, or all six defensemen that dress on each particular night, uh, can shut any offense down. And I'm, I can't wait to see them go up against a Western Conference team, of course, other than Erie, um, you know, when, when and if they make it to an OHL final because their defense could just win them a championship even just if their forwards yeah. can't figure out how to score. Their defense is going to win them that series. So, 100%. 100%. Yeah, they're, they're, they're an easy favorite in the East right now, the way they're playing. I think, I think right now in general it's Hamilton. Then you have the tier below, including the West Coast, we can elaborate on it because we've saw the West as much as we saw the East, right? So we have, we can, we can say an opinion. We can compare each, each team because we've saw them enough. Like we've mm-hmm. saw them every, I mean, at least once a week, we see a West team play live and we see a East team play a lot live. So in my opinion, I think right now it's Hamilton. That's a top tier. And then there's the elite tier below them. That is the Flint, the London's, the Sioux's. I mean, Mississauga, North Bay, Kingston, but it's right. It's Hamilton's. It's Hamilton's ball to drop, in my mm-hmm. opinion. Yeah, well, especially you could look at it, and I'm, again, this is one game. Don't look too far into it, but the Flint Firebirds dropping one on home ice. I might add to the Erie Otters seven to three. Yeah, on Sunday. Yeah, so again, that was another one of those games where you're like, holy crap, Erie scored seven on Flint and. We've talked about Erie all year. They're they're a good team. They just are. The start and they're they they don't have superstars. I should say they're stars, but you don't have that true superstar uh, yeah. for the for the Erie Otters. So um, they're in a playoff spot. They're in seventh right now. So 
celebrate. Uh, All right. Wait, can you imagine that first round right now? Sorry, Reese, but can you imagine that first round? A lot of Neary right now. Playoffs are oh my God. The atmosphere. The atmosphere. We'd be going to Erie. I, hey, hey <laughs> I, keep, I keep saying that Erie's going to win a playoff round. I had the London Knights winning the OHL in the pre, in the media poll. I had the OH, the OHL champions being a lot of Knights. I mean, playing the Hamilton Bulldogs in the final, but then they I keep saying, series. then I keep saying Erie's going to win like a playoff series. So yeah. right now, that's a tough one for me. I don't know who I would pick. A lot of matchups are intriguing right now. Oh, well, that's true. Well, you want to see them in the regular season, but obviously. COVID restrictions kind of yeah rid of that. But anyways, uh, to the Western Conference, and Flint continues to lead. But then there's that second tier of point teams with mm-hmm. points that are close together. London, Sioux, Windsor, I'm talking all within three points of each other. Yeah, and Guelph really played themselves out of it, but they didn't. When you look at their record in the last 10, I mean 6-2-2. Two, two. Mm-hmm. It's not terrible. Yeah, they have points game. in five each of their last five games. Yeah, they just lose the timely games. They the games they mm-hmm. got to win, they lose. Those are the tough ones. And yeah. but my pick in the West honestly has to be the London Knights. When you look at the games, when you look at the games played, right, forty-five games played. Yes, they got to win those games, but they're only four points behind Flint with five mm-hmm. games in hand. I mean, the chances of them winning two out of the five are probably pretty good. Yes, their opponents are going to be tough, though. Their opponents are going to be tough this week. I mean, Guelph they have, that's a tough one. So it's going to be hard, but I think I think right now my team in the West would be the London Knights. Oh, I've kind of gone back and forth on this. Obviously, Dang. like Flint's been good, 7-1-1-1 one, one, and one, uh, in their last 10. You talk about London – a uh, big bounce back game against Sault Ste. Marie in our featured game. Uh, Sault Ste. Marie, they still took one out of two from the Knights after a 6-3 win on the Friday. Like, Windsor's not out of it, but th- they're tough. Like, Johnston's still – he's still having a great year for them. I mean, the Zito man hey. playing hard at the Wafku Center. Show guest. <laughs> I, I like that one. Um, not a big deal. You know, there's a lot to like about the Spitfires and – but I, I, I would have to agree, and it's, it's amazing we agreed on both aspects of this. Um, yeah, the, the London Knights are still that favorite in the Western Conference. I mean, when, you're, when your captain has 41 goals in 41 games, um, it's pretty yeah. easy to like them. Uh, like you said, the five games in hand help. And you know, How many of those games against uh, teams closer to the bottom, talking the Erie Kitchener, Sarnia, Saginaw, uh, possibly throw Owen Sound into that with them being two seven and one in their last ten. Like the, any team from six to ten right now, if the Knights want to use those games in hand to catch the Firebirds, they can't lose to any of those teams. And those teams have played them tough over the last Kitchen. Yeah, in row. I know. I was just thinking about that. So yeah. Erie, they beat Erie with twenty one seconds to go in Erie. Yep. Kitcheners beat them two games in a row. Head to head, so right now Sarnia always figures out a way to beat London. Yeah, yeah. yeah and Sarnia, yeah, then Sarnia has played London harder than any other team has this year. Yep. So, like, like London has to win team, those games; they have to. Yeah, on paper, right now, the best team they have played 
this regular season, like they match out from six to nine, would be Owen Sound. And Owen mm-hmm. Sound can win those timely games. They have a good team. They have a good young team. So it's tough. I mean, it's very hard. It's too bad there's no Eastern trip because that's the team where they used to rack up points in the Eastern trips yeah. because they'd go out to a couple games, play some home and homes like they did on Saturday and win some of those. But that's a team that's suffering points, not playing the Eastern Conference that much. But then again, you really want to play that top five in the East because it's just yeah. as kids. So. Yeah, very true. I, no pointing fingers. Um, but yeah, again, it's going to be the London Knights in the Western Conference for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, 62 points on the year in 45 games. So pretty good. Yeah, London Hamilton, I'm down for that. You know, oh, nice, what a perfect nice year. OHL what a perfect final. final. What a perfect final for us. Yeah, right? That's perfect. Uh, all right. We wanted to get to this segment last week. Uh, I kind of ran out of time a little bit. Um, over under for goals. And did we go top 10? Yeah. Did we do top 10 guys? I think. Yeah, yes, we did. So let's so go. Goals 10 points, and, let's go. Ten, let's start with 10. Uh, let's go goals. Okay. So 68 games, right? So we got to. Yeah. We'll start. We'll out. start with 10. Um, so this is as of March first. Mitchell Russell is tenth in the league in goals. He has thirty in forty nine games in sixty eight. Wardy, where is he going to be? And again, I don't quote us on any of these totals because there's just a, a game. They're all wrong. Yeah, it's just a game where yeah, wherever you're exactly. listening to, get involved. Get involved. Let us know. Let us know you're listening to this. Let us know. And what the heck? Avery Hayes, we'll go to 11, Reese, because Avery Hayes, we're on the Bulldogs Audio Network. Let's include Avery Hayes as well. 30 goals for him and Russell. Avery Hayes over under, I say 45. I think he gets 50. So over. Ooh. 30 goals, we'll say 45. <sighs> yeah, that's tough. Playing, in, playing, playing on that line. 23 games gonna, to go. I think, I think. Man. I'm going to go under. I'm going to go under on that. I think he's around the 42, 43 mark. Okay. Yeah. Hey, buying injuries too, right? Yeah. Then yeah, exactly. Mitchell, and then Mitchell Russell over under 45 since he has 30. No, I'm going to go under as well. I think they're going to finish yeah. around the same, maybe within one or two goals of each other. I think it's re- I think he gets right on the dot 45 because that line depends on when they get co back, right? If they get Kobach, you can go on a tear. Yeah. I say right on. So that would be over. Get it on to. It's hilarious. As we move into the number nine, number eight spot, we're talking about his North Bay Battalion teammates. All with 30 goals, I might add. Yeah, what a a line, eh? 30, 30, and 30. That's tough. All right, we'll start with Petrov. 45 it would be so Ooh, that's tough someone's got to go under right because it just has to you can't have everybody making over 45 i say he gets it though i say he gets 45 i say he gets it i think he does that's too. a good line i think he yeah they gotta win games right 47 to 48 yeah um, then brandon co brandon co i think he gets 50 wow and then if, if he gets back, he under. if he gets back yeah. within one week, yes. If not, yes. then I would have a tough time. 
I think he could get 45, but I think it would be tough if he doesn't play all this weekend and all next weekend. So 48 games, he's got 20 to go. Does he get 20 and 20? He's got to be back. He has he's to be capable back. of doing it, but yeah, he's got to get back. He can't I miss don't think two he weekends. Does. Yeah, if he misses one, he I think we're okay. But if he's not back by next Monday this time or next Tuesday this time, I yeah, no, I'm still taking the under. I take the under on Brandon Kell. Here's an interesting one at the seven spot. Yeah, uh, Niagara Ice Dogs forward to Neil Gushin. Imagine he didn't have so many suspensions. What he'd be at? I was thinking about that on Sunday. So he's at 13 games in a row with a goal. That's that's honestly ridiculously underrated. And on a last place team, he's he's only minus one. Yes, the situation that he's in. And I don't. I'm not. Yeah. Minus. Hey, honestly, I look at the plus minus minus one, the worst team in the league. That. That is impressive. That is yeah. impressive. So, who does he get suspended again? That I'm, was gonna the, I'm gonna, I'm gonna set it a little bit. Di- yeah. yeah, exactly. I'm yeah, gonna set it a little differently for Niagara. Uh, I think it's over forty-five. I think it's forty-five or over. Because he's their like, offense. Yeah, you as take bad as that out. is to say, he's he's yeah. their offense. Yeah, he's kind of what they hope for in Cam Butler, but never really got. Yeah, and I mean that in all respect, but it's true. I mean, what did they get, right? So when you get a return made that, for Akil Thomas, Akil Tom- you expect it yeah. to be like that. Yeah, I mean, you make yeah, and Akil Thomas meant so much to their franchise, right? So that's yeah. why I just imagine that's what, yeah, that's how I made that yeah, comment. Thirteen goals, I think he could get there. The Ice Dogs are one of the teams it. that have. A little bit less games played than everyone else. They've played 46. So, I mean, not horrible. 22 to go. Barry's still played one less than them, but Barry's played less than everybody. Uh, except London. They've played the same. But, uh, yeah, those two and Sarnia, all with 45 games played. So, the Ice Dogs still have one or two or the North Bay, like, seven games in hand on them. So, yeah, I think 45 is very doable for Gushin. 50 is possible. Can he, st- can he stay but, in the lineup? Exactly. Yeah. And, and as crappy as that is to say, it's absolutely true. Uh, number six, 51. also 32 game or 32 goals. James Hardy, like you said, 51 games played for him. Yeah. Hardy's tough. Hardy's tough. Cause 32. Mississauga is going to get out of this lull. 51, yeah, not exactly. winning a lot in a row. Exactly. He's got to be the guy to do it. Yeah. Ooh. I'll say 45. I'll say like 44, under 44. They're not a big scoring team, right? Mm-hmm. Like, so. Yeah, they stop pucks and they defend. Not yeah. to say that their forwards aren't good, but. Yeah, I'll say, I'll say 44. Really yeah. good player. I'm a big Hardy fan. Yeah, I'll be under 45 as well. I'll say around 42 for him. Mm-hmm. 10 more. Uh, number five, also 32 goals. Uh, Jordan Frasca. Oh. 44 games I, played for him. I think he gets it. Frasca's in a really good spot there. I think he gets 45 or 
to 50. I wouldn't be surprised if he scores 50. When you say 50 goals, that's like – that's a big thing to say, right? 50 yeah. goals, that's tough to do, right? In 68 games, it's hard to score 50 goals. Yeah, he'll need 18 so. and 21. Yeah, I think he – I think he – does he? I don't think he gets to 50. I think, I think he's above 45. But yeah, 45 to 50, like 47 range, 48. I hope he doesn't have 49 and then just can't score in the last game of the season. I know, right? Yeah. Those are tough to watch. Yeah. Uh, moving on up, number four spot, Ty Cartier. 45 games played for him. He's got 33 goals on the year. I think he gets – I think he gets 50. I think he gets it. The 45 games thing, high-scoring offense there. Him and Kearns, I think he gets it. Yeah, it's easy to say when you're on a top team, they're going to get it because they're going to score a lot of goals. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I agree with that. Cartier, I think he'll get to 50 as well. Um, his teammate, Karen's 33 uh, games as well. Or 33 games. 33 goals for him as well. See, that's the thing. So, they that's a tough part, eh? Because they played the game. They played so many games. They played 50 games. Yeah, the Sioux's only got 18 to go. Yeah, well, I guess if I guess if I say Cartier, I guess go with Terrence too, right? Yeah. So I'll say yes, he gets it for both. I'll say forty-five to fifty. Yeah, for both. Uh, number two spot, Brennan Othman, forty-eight games played for him. He's got thirty-five goals on the year, and Flint has played fifty games as well, so they have eighteen to go. Fifteen yeah, and eighteen for Brennan Othman. Captain of the Firebirds, first place in the Western Conference. He is getting 50 goals. Yeah, I'll say that too. And I can tell you right now, the Ranger fans are so excited to get him up that MSG. And rightly so. Yeah. Rightly so, they should be. He's a real deal. But yeah, I say he gets 50. And then here we go. Number one, 41 in 41. Luke Evangelista. The Knights have played 45 games themselves. They have 23 left to go. We're going to move it up. Over under for Luke Evangelista, 57 and a half. Ooh, I think he gets 60 for sure. I think he hits 60 goals for sure. The one thing, though, I have is fatigue. I get it, right? Oh, the kid. But London hasn't played a lot of games, so they're going to have to play four games a week a lot. We're looking here at the last month of the season here. Like, we're in March, right? Next month, we're in playoff mode. So, month and a half to go. Does he? I don't think he gets a goal a game. It's a lot of hockey. That's tough. But I think he gets 60 goals. Luke Evangelista will score 60 goals. Book it. Not a big deal. <laughs> Book it. I'm confident with that selection. Yeah. Am I allowed to take 57 and a half on the dot? Because I think it's somewhere between 55 and 60. Yeah. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. I'm gonna go I think, he, I think he get I think he gets 60. I think he'll do it because he brings so much to their offense. But I a goal a game, like that's a lot to ask for. Dude, 19 goals happens, in 23 games. Yeah, I don't know. To get to I 60. I think I think he gets 60 for sure. Goal a game for him, I don't know. But yeah. I think he for sure. I think he for sure uh Get 60. All right. That was fun. Yeah, that was a fun one. We've been waiting a week to talk about that because it's been good. 
Yeah. I think goalie wins would be cool next week. Ooh, that'd be, goalie, that'd be cool. I'm goalie down. wins would be cool. Goalie wins would be cool. Yeah, let's do that. That'd be that'll be cool next week. Yeah. All players right. Quick, yeah. Quickly before we hit the break, get to the players of the week. Uh, we'll start with the man up front for the Hamilton Bulldogs. Logan Morrison takes home the honor. Four goals and nine assists. 13 total points in four games, and he was plus 10. Obviously, that 10-2 to victory against the Ice Dogs helped, but uh, Logan Morrison was very, very good. Also in consideration for it, 2022 NHL draft prospect Michael Bushinger, 11 points, two goals, nine assists over four games. Guelph Stormer, 3-0-1 over the weekend. And then... Morrison's teammate, Nathan Steos, nine points on the weekend, three goals, six assists. He was plus eight as well. So second time in three weeks, Logan Morrison has taken home player of the week honors. Deserves it. Yeah. Deserves it. He's been really good, right? We're going to talk about contracts on his team. He's right in there. The fact that he doesn't have a pro contract is insane. It's honestly, it baffles me. Yeah. It honestly baffles me the fact that he doesn't. I mean, Sean McGurn, Sean McGurn, Nathan Steos, um, Logan Morrison. There's so many guys I could think of that deserve a contract. See, that's the thing, too. Gavin White's been really steady, too. But the thing is with Gavin White, can his struct, can his size keep up in professional hockey? Mm-hmm. It's a tough thing to do, right? It's tough to play at the pro level. When you get pushed around, it's a big guy league, right? It's tough. So that's the one thing for him and Hayes that I was looking at in Hamilton. But they're definitely skilled enough. They're definitely skilled enough. But when you see the way the draft's trending, and yet at the end of the day, when you look at the teams that win in the National Hockey League, they're big. They're big and physical. I know I know. people will say, oh, the size doesn't matter anymore, but it does. It yeah. does. The scouts we talk to, the scouts I've talked to all say size. Size matters. Size matters. But you have to be really good. And I'm not saying you can't do it because I think he's a really good player. I think he's really good and he's steady. He's a really good OHL defenseman. But you got to remember, that's a big step going from the OHL to the AHL. Yeah, you'll see guys go from the OHL to the NHL, right? But those guys that do that are very, very good in both leagues. You can tell. You can tell the guys right now in the league that are not going to play a game in the AHL. You can tell. Being a free agent signing. Reality of it is, you're going to you're going to play in the AHL. Nathan Steos, right now, the way he's playing, he's playing like a 925 guy. Get the max entry level deal. Mm-hmm. He, that's how good he's playing. He's going to get that 925. He's going to get that. Logan Morrison, he's probably a 915 guy. If he keeps it up, he's going to be a 925 guy. But it's uh, Sean McGurn. Sean McGurn's probably similar to 915. Prove it, right? You get the 925 if you're if he keeps it up. So it's going to be interesting. I like going over contract stuff. Cap friendly is a beautiful thing. <laughs> Especially when you see how much cap room the Red Wings have. Good times. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I think that's why, to be honest. Yeah, exactly. Um, goaltender of the week in the Ontario hockey league, Levy Marilinen of the Kingston Frontenacs, Ottawa senators prospect three and all with a 1.33 goals against average save percentage of nine forty eight. He stopped 73 of 77 shots 
with 26 of those coming against Ottawa on Family Day. I forgot we counted Family Day. Yeah, that's like the Morrison points, too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, Also in consideration for the award, Flint Firebirds goaltender Luke Cavillan. I feel like he's in consideration every week. Yeah. Man, he was 3-0. Sorry, hey, go ahead. That's a good thing. That's a good thing for Flint. Why are you doing so well? We'll get there for a game. Trust me. Oh, yes, we will. Hey, especially now with the restrictions during the ease. I mean, right. they keep doing the playoffs. That Western no vaccine passport title. as of today. Let's get it. Yeah, that Western Conference final there. If it's not going to be Flint Saginaw, but it'll yeah. still be good. Yeah. Uh, Cavalin was 3-0, 2.01 goals against average, save percentage of 936. He had 88 saves. Pretty good. That's impressive. I like doing the saves. I like that they add that. Yeah, That's so cool. do I. That's cool they do that. How many shots face, though? It doesn't say it the shots. It doesn't shot, say. Though. No, it says making 88 it's... saves as the fire... Firebirds how defeated many shots? Sarnia three times. Yeah, it's supposed to say 88 saves, but then on how many shots. Yeah, so It's nice to know how many shots, but then I guess you kind of like lower the shots. Yeah. But then again, it's like three yeah. games you're playing a week, so it's a lot of hockey anyway. Uh, also in consideration, Michael Simpson of the Peterborough Peets. He was 2-0, goals against average of 2, save percentage of 948. He had 73 saves as the Peets beat Barry and Oshawa. That was cool. Did you see that uh, family feud Twitter thing going on between the Peets and Generals? They that always go at it. That was hilarious. <laughs> they I always go at it. It's awesome. That's unreal. I think, should, I think they should do that more often. I think we need more Generals Peets games. But then again, the outdoor game is going to be great. And by the way, Reese, sorry, I'm changing the subject. I just want to quickly touch on this before we go to the break. I, or for the featured game, I quickly wanted to mention the outdoor game is selling quick. The Oshawa Generals are taking two buses to Hamilton. So you're an Oshawa fan, listen to the show. Get in on that and make the trip down. We'll be there. It's going to be fun. Come say hi because yeah. it's going to be a blast. We're excited for that one. It's going to be a good environment. The 14-day forecast came out today. Oh, what do it we got, is, Wardy? It's it's tough. It's a high of one, lower minus four, but it's so we'll be in the minuses away. at seven o'clock probably. Yeah, it's it's going to be a, right now. I think it's like just a thirty percent chance of snow, wet snow, rain oh. snow, which isn't good. It's not good, right? Rain's not good. So, yeah, fourteen days away, thirty percent. That's going to change. Weather, yeah, the weather's going to change tomorrow. Like, yeah. I mean, it's going to change, but. 14 days out, that's what it is right now. It's going to be exciting, though. Doesn't matter. Pack that place, be there, celebrate hockey. Mm-hmm. Even, even if you're just an OHL fan in general, just go. Yeah. Just go. It's, going to be it's, a really so, it's so central. There's so many fan bases where even, like, five – like, you get five you people cheering. Like, with – you don't even have to wear a Bulldogs Generals jersey. Just go. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's like the Grey Cup. And as I talk about the Canadian Punt League, um, just w- wear like OHL swag. Just wear it because it's going to be a lot more interesting than that stupid hunk of crap that's going to be played there on Sunday between the Leafs and Sabers. So, yeah, it's going to be a really good game, and I'm excited for it. I think it's history, right? It's history, and anytime you get a chance to be part of history, it's something really cool. It's really special. So if you can make it out, make it out because I'm telling you right now. 
there is no better venue in Ontario to watch a night a night sporting event. That is the best place to watch a football game at night. There, that subdivision there, it's hopping right, and it's just such a cool area at night. We're all you're in a subdivision, right? It's like in Green Bay at Lambeau Field and Wrigley Fields, like that. Mm-hmm. Then all of a sudden, you come up to this thirty thousand seat football stadium. Middle of the night, all you see is the lights up from the mountain. You see the lights. You're gonna see the crowd packed. I think that's really cool. It's one of the best places to go watch yeah. a sporting event at night in Ontario. What a scene it's going to be! It's gonna be such a good scene. I know, I know. Ownership is going to spend a lot of money on this game. They are very invested in it. It's going to be a very good atmosphere. Please go if you can. There's still a little bit of tickets available. Not a lot. It's going quick. It is going quick. The game, the ticket pricing is really good as well. It's like thirty five bucks. It's like yes. thirty five bucks. And hey, if you want to sit in the VIP seats that has like the protection, I think it's protected there. Don't quote me on that, but I think there's a suite level there where it's boxed, where it can close. Mm-hmm. Only forty five bucks a ticket. What what value? Good. What better value? You're gonna see, like I said last week when I got all fired up. Brad Harrison, Ty Tulio, Oscar Olsen. I mean, Mason Layton Moore on the back end, like yeah, what an opportunity! You gotta go if you're an OHL fan and you can make it out the first day of March break. You got children, take the kids out, take the kids out to a game, especially if they have never been to an OHL game. What a great first experience to go to a hockey game because yeah, bring your five year old kid to a to Tim Hortons Field to watch OHL hockey. Donut box, I, I'd be down yeah. for that. Yeah, the like, first can, OHL game probably took place at Windsor Arena. Yeah, hey, but can you imagine, Reese? Like, if think about it, like I'm thinking about five year old Colin right now. If my first game was an outdoor game, like you never forget your first game in the first place. No one forgets mm-hmm. their first game. My first game was at the London Garden in uh, London Kitchener. I remember walking in the arena, that's the velodrome. I was like three, three or four, but nice. it was pretty good and. You imagine your first outdoor, your first OHL game is an outdoor game. That'd be pretty cool. That's a bucket list. You're never going to forget that. So, got it. Got to do it if you can. Make it out because it's still a few tickets available. It's going quick. So, get on it because it's going to be a great environment. And hey, you see us, say hi because we're going to be in a fight. We're going to be fired up. We're going to bring our sticks and gloves and helmets. We're going to do buckets and gloves. That's how pumped we're going to be. Man, could you Snap imagine just go buckets there. and gloves on the concourse? Holy crap. <laughs> Step right up, OHL oh, 60 man. booth. Oh, OHL God. 60 booth set up. <laughs> that would be taken down. Punch Reese Dumaney for $10. People would line up hey, for that. Like the dunk tank. I'll sit oh, it God. minus man. four weather. I'd be down. Punch Reese That'd Dumaney. That'd be sweet. Dunk Colin Ward. <laughs> oh, what man. an opportunity that is. What an opportunity. That'd but yeah, awesome. come say hi if you see us there because... We appreciate the listens, and it's going to be a fun time. We're going to be fired up, that's for sure. We're going to get there early, take that in, because oh, yeah. that's going to be an I've already booked it off work. We're good. <laughs> We're good. Uh, all right, time for the break. When we come back, we'll get to the featured game uh, for this week. You're listening to the OHL in 60 podcast.
Welcome back to the OHL and 60 podcast. I'm Reese Demaney along with Colin Ward. Time to get to it, the featured game for this week on the show. And we are going to Sunday evening, afternoon, kind of in the middle a little bit. Uh, Four o'clock on March 6th, the Flint Firebirds are making the trip to the Sleeman Center. They are taking on the Guelph Storm and all a very big game for both teams. Flint continues to fight off London for top spot in the Western Conference. The Guelph Storm fighting to get back into the top four after slipping a little bit in the last few weeks or so. But no, they're right in the thick of things. Right behind the Windsor Spitfires, four points behind them. They've played the same amount of games, but um, Guelph Storm, definitely not out of it for sure. Um, Wardy, what are you looking at in this matchup? What what intrigues you about it the most? Ooh, it's an interesting one. I think where they are right in the standings, and you look at like the past contests against each other this year, the past meetings, Clint's won both games 5-4. So it's been very close. It's been close games. Um, Guelph just missed them, right? I think yeah. they were overtime. I think they were overtime losses as well. I want to say overtime. I don't know. I don't have the stats in front of me, but five four and five four. I believe it was both overtime. I I remember watching the one for sure and it went to overtime. I don't know about the other. But anyways, yeah, it's gonna be a good one. It's exciting to see those two teams play. It's gonna be a fun one when those teams go up against each other. It means so much in the standings, right? You gotta win those games. I mean, Guelph still has Guelph's gotta catch London, right? They build it, they Went all in at the deadline. I thought they built it the right way at the deadline. Mm-hmm. It's some hard times, but they really haven't when you look at their last 10. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens. I'm excited to see how the game turns out. Tough one to pick a, pick who wins because it's going to be tough, and they're both they're both similar. Yeah. Both goaltenders are hot. Both both special teams are pretty good. They're both structured, right? I mean, George Burnett teams are always detailed. There's mm-hmm. not a lot more detail to teams than George Burnett teams. So my opinion, I think it's going to be a good one. Stay tuned to our social media because you're not going to want to miss it. Yeah, again, 4 o'clock start, Sunday, March 6th. It is the Flint Firebirds taking on the Guelph Storm. At the OHL and 60 podcast on Twitter is where we will have the updates. Well, that was good. Played a game. Talked about the Knights and Greyhounds. Talked about outdoor hockey. It was yeah. fun. Yeah, it's a good one. It's yeah. going to be good. Excited, excited for the week. This is our last feature game before the outdoor game. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> next feature game will be outdoors. So it will be. Ooh, I, I got to do a special graphic for that one. Yeah. So I was thinking about that. So next week we'll probably talk about that. We'll go in depth about it, but we're planning some guests for next week. We are going to have to update you listeners on, I guess, when the show will be out the following week are we gonna do two in one week mm-hmm. are we gonna do a the, just a pre-game what are we gonna do because we will get that seed next week because a lot of ideas going through our heads yeah. i'm fine with doing two in a week i think it's okay we can do the preview of the outdoor game right go through the history of both teams go through the matchups yeah we could even we could on. even we could even do like not even a full hour we could do kind of a half an hour before the game and then do that full hour show maybe on the tuesday um after the yeah, game's the over i don't know yeah or released on thursday going into the weekend yeah record on wednesday night mm-hmm. because that third release on thursday right because there's gonna be a lot of stuff that goes on in that game then we can just talk about the weekend after that and do a post game article 
like do the post game, go over the featured game, man. What to think? What to think? Because yeah, there's we'll gonna be a lot to talk about. We could definitely do. We'll it. do a scheduling update for everyone on Twitter. Yeah, there's gonna be a lot going on that week because there's a lot that's gonna happen, and we're excited yeah. for it. That's for sure. Yeah. Uh, stay tuned, of course, at the OHL and Sixty Podcast. Stay tuned to both the Bulldogs and general social media accounts. I'm sure they'll have quite a bit to share leading up to the big game as well. So yeah, the fan uh, boss. Yeah, that that's you're sweet. in Oshawa. That's Get on that. Can you imagine? Going I, I still with remember your... where I still remember when I was with the Ice Dogs, and these were just for like a playoff game or whatever. But the Ice Dogs sent at least two buses to each road playoff game every time. Like I remember they when they lost to the Bulldogs yeah. 2018, fans still were going to the games, even though the Ice Dogs clearly were not going to beat the Bulldogs. The fans still showed up. They had two buses to every game in Hamilton, at least two buses. I could be wrong. Might have been three, but it, again, like the fans will travel when you put a good event, get to put, put a good product on the ice. And yeah, yeah it's going to be fun at Tim Hortons field. And when you have an owner like Rocco Tulio involved with the Hamilton Bulldogs, it's going to be two teams that have been historic, right? Oshawa is one of the most historic teams in our league. Yep. So, you know, they are going to travel. Well, they get a good attendance in their, in their barn. They have a good fan base. It's going to be good. It was the best game available. Like, I know there's some people up the road in Niagara not happy that they're not in the game, but do you really like to be honest? Do you really want it to be, to be 10 honest, to 2? Yeah. Like it was on Sunday. And do we re- like that would be that would be a repeat of the game 24 hours earlier? Yes. And it makes the most sense because all of this is pushed back the dates. Saturday was the original game at, at first Ontario Center, Hamilton, Oshawa just push it back the extra couple days and play outdoors. What an experience that is. A lot of these kids are never going to experience pro hockey. That's going to be their only time. Like what an environment, what an environment that's going to be. The the 1919 Tigers jerseys, like with the stripes on the side, the H in the middle for the Hamilton Bulldogs. It's going to be, it's going to be such a good environment. Oshawa alternates going to be a fun environment. Please go. You're there again. Say hi to us because. We're going to have a great talk. That's for sure. It'll be a fun time. Yeah, it'll be fun. We appreciate everyone for tuning into this week's show. And like we said, a lot is to come within the next 14 days. So uh, stay tuned again at the OHL and 60 podcast for all the updates. For Colin Ward, I'm Reese Dumaney. Thanks again for tuning in. And we will chat again in seven days.